Welcome to the Art of Business Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Baker. I sit down with entrepreneurs right here in Dade City and the surrounding areas to find out about their backgrounds, how they built their businesses, and what their secrets for success are. In today's first inaugural episode, I sit down with Daryl Bailey. Daryl Bailey and I discuss things like his background, where he's come from, his tips and tricks for starting a successful business, how he has maintained for so long, and a whole lot more. Now, I will say at about 19 and a half minutes in, we did have some video problems. So you're going to see a little bit of patchy video at about 19 and a half minutes in. But hey, it's a podcast. The most important thing is the audio, and the audio is there. So without further ado, let's jump into the podcast. Today, I'm joined with Daryl Bailey. Daryl is the founder and owner of Action Auctioneers, Florida's largest weekly public auction. They've been in business for over 25 years. They offer items like collectibles, vintage, art, fine jewelry, ammo, ephemera, tools, and estate quality furniture. They're located at 2154 Gall Boulevard in Zephyr Hills, Florida. They have live auctions open to the public every Wednesday at 1 p.m. The preview starts at noon. Daryl, sir, thank you very much for joining me here today. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So 25 years in business, that's a long time. Yes, it is. And let me add a little something to that. It's not just me. I do have a partner that we've been together for this. We incorporated in 1997 together. Uh, we uh, started out and he taught me the business and getting a license and all that goes with it back in 94. So we've got a lot of time invested. We're still partners, still together. He's semi-retired now, Bob Elting. A lot of you in the antique business know him, especially the old timers. Yeah. Um, you know, he'd been around in it uh, back from the 60s. So oh, wow. I was fortunate enough to have somebody teach me the good, bad, and the indifferent. Yeah. Uh, which you need to know in this business. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, so where are you from, Daryl? What's, what's your background? What's your history? Have you always been in the auction business? Well, I'm from Tampa, Florida. I was born on Del Mabry when it was a two-lane highway, <laughs> just south of the overpass on Bush. A lot of you know it. Yeah. A lot of good old neighborhood. And back in those days, it was dairies and nurseries and country. Yeah. And now it's not quite that anymore. Gotcha. It growed up a little bit. But uh, background is not antiques. Um, background for me is just being a kid up to about 10, 12 years old. And in those days, we started mowing yards and learning how to make a dollar. Sure. And I'd done that right up to high school, and I had my own yards, my own money, and my own thing. Really? And what got me interested in stuff, probably nine, ten years old, you always in those days searched out things, and I liked looking for stuff. And my first piece of gold I found, I remember finding it, on Tuesday morning, trash morning, I just happened to see a nice-looking pile sitting beside the road. <laughs> uh, in the neighborhood, people were moving. Yeah. And I went through it in a uh, tie clasp and uh, cufflinks, gold, and I sold them $25. That was, <laughs> And I've been hooked ever since. Uh, I love it. Going through the years of, um, you know, work, dealerships. I uh, mainly worked dealerships after high school. 
uh, started out washing cars at Royal Buick in Tampa, Florida. Wow. Uh, back when the Bucks got started. I yeah. I remember all that in the early days. Uh, I worked my way up to uh, from that to mechanic to service advisor to I moved to Abraham Chevrolet and um, service a fleet service manager. I worked my way up there too. So Wow. So it's been, in, in doing that, uh, you get to know a lot of the business owners across that area. And uh, several years there, probably six, seven years of Abraham. And then going from there, I went in uh, then in the transmission business. And I had a real good partner in that. We were together about 12 to 14 years in the transmission business. Wow. Which we were successful. It was great. To one day in 1992, I realized that we were becoming dinosaurs in that business. Mm. Things changed, electronics come into play. How much longer did I want to stay in? And that's, uh, you know, I had an offer to sell the business and I sold the business. Wow. And that leads into how I got into the auction business. Uh, boredom, sitting at home, <laughs> a little bit of money in your pocket. Nobody yeah. gets rich anymore, you make a living. Um, but in doing that, um, I was buying the storage units before I closed or sold out of the transmission business. Mm. And I wound up with just piles of merchandise, no knowledge, no, no what to do with it. And at that time I had a yard sale and yard sales are great. They're fun to do and I can do one very good and make money. But I had an old fellow stop by one time and we were talking about how much merchandise I had. And he said, Dale, there's an auction opening up on uh, Highway 60. He said, you ought to try that. And uh, so I go in, I watch it. I always suggest if you're going to deal with an auction, go in and see what the guys are doing. Yeah. Pay attention a little bit. You know, there's good and bad and everything. Uh, and I did, and that's, um, I consigned to the auction, and that's how uh, myself and Bob met. Mm. He was just opening that auction up. He had been down in Riverview prior to that. And um, in doing that, you know, I consigned for two two weeks, and he came up one day and asked me, well, what do you think? And I said, well, just watching things, I think I need to be the auctioneer. And he says, well, why don't you come and go to work for me a day a week, and I'll show you a few things. And that's led to all these years later. Uh, wow of being in the business and surviving. And if you think you're going to work a few days a week and you're going to make lots of money, you've fooled yourself. <laughs> yeah. Seven days a week for a long time. Still is. Yeah. I still get up at three in the morning. I still walk markets and buy stuff and, and deal with it. Sure. Uh, it's part of the game. Sure. Um, yes, I make a living and I enjoy myself. That's yeah. the main thing. Uh, as far as, um, you know, do you start with a lot of money? Don't. Don't go borrow any money because you're always going to be in debt. Yeah. Live with any means. Sure. Um, keep it in that perspective and it makes it a whole lot easier. Absolutely. If that helps any. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So are you from a big family? Are you from a small family? Are you an well, only child? Or? Um, no, I have brother and sister. We, we. They were all born in West Virginia. My parents came down at the end of the war years. Um, my dad owned coal mines in West Virginia. Mm. And at that end of the coal mines, and all you coal miners and guys that live that era, 
know the coal business busted right after the war mm. and they had a lot of debt on all themselves for uh, providing coal and then it was shut off right after the war mm -hmm. and then all our factories weren't geared up yet to use it so it put a big uh, strain on the economics of everybody and mm -hmm. that's uh, that's what made them decide to come to Florida and we were fortunate uh, either two areas, Daytona Beach or Tampa, Florida. And uh, we wound up in Tampa. My dad had a job offer. Then was Morrison's Cafeteria starting. Hmm. And he worked as a, uh, a manager of the warehouse where they cut the meat. Okay. So that's how we survived. My mom worked in a little factory in Drew Park, which everybody knows Drew Park. Yep. Uh, a plastic bag factory. So... That's how we survived for years, and we moved up, and you save your nickels and spend your dimes wisely. Yeah, you know? sure. So, so Daryl, talk to me about how you, you structure your day. What, what routines do you have? When Do you wake up at the same time every morning? Do you, do you exercise? Do you meditate? Do you do any kinds of yoga? How do you, what, do you have any, any daily routines? My daily routine is usually uh, three or four in the morning because I go in the markets. Mm. You always get the markets early when they're unloading so you can be the first to buy the fresh merchandise. Sure. As far as the daily routine, my favorites get up on my place, walk my dogs in the morning. <laughs> I always have two to three dogs, um, and they're my buddies. And yeah. They, they uh, hold good conversation with you. They never talk back. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. Okay. Excuse me. No worries. Shut it off there when he didn't do that this morning. Yeah, so, sorry about that. No, no worries at all. No worries at all. So, so action auctioneers. So you went from, you said you started, you did the transmission business for, for oh, yeah. 12 to 14 years. Yeah. Wow. Very okay. good business. We were the first ones with the carry out business. We uh, stocked, rebuilt at least 300 transmissions on the shelf ready to go. And in the good times and the bad, I always had products so I was able to sell. And, and many times, you know, three transmissions to 10 transmissions a day. Wow. So I was able to flip them over. So I made a good living doing that. Now, did you start that business from scratch? No, I had a partner, uh, okay. Dave, Dave Lazant, a good uh, friend of mine. And he worked for me in the dealerships. Uh, right. One of my good mechanics. and. He begged me for two years to do that with him before I finally one day had said, okay, let's do this. Yeah. You know, and again, he started that business in a uh, storage unit, rented a storage unit and started a carry-out business, selling mm -hmm. a few parts. And then when I went in with him, we moved from the storage unit into, we rented an old gas station on uh, Broadway mm -hmm. Avenue in Tampa. Mm -hmm. And then we went from that I bought the property across the street and built me a 4,000 square foot state-of-the-art shop. Okay. And, uh, you know, uh, fortunately, we're in Automotive, uh, Automotive Service Association. And, you know, we had uh, videos made of it. It was a clean shop. We kept it. You could eat off the floor. <laughs> yeah. Nice place. Okay. 
Nice place, very proud of it. Uh, me and Dave, we done a, we had a good good time together. Sure. He's since retired. He lives up in Georgia now. Yeah. He's a Georgia cracker instead of a Florida cracker. <laughs> yeah. Now you get on New Jersey boys, so we got along good, amazingly enough. We were two opposites, but we clicked together. That's so, awesome. And we made good money together, so no complaints, good life. So you mentioned some things there where you had said that you you guys had started a shop, you opened up a store. Right. There's a lot of risk involved with, with opening a store, taking a chance. There's, it's all a gamble. Yeah, yes, sir, absolutely, absolutely. I'm going through that right now where I'm, I'm understanding how much risk is actually involved. Right. It, for, for some of these places today, they want you to sign for multiple years, you have triple net leases, there's all kinds of things to take into consideration. And, right. and while I'm confident, and I'm sure you were confident that your business would be successful, there's no guarantee. There's a lot of risk involved there. Right. So. How do you how do you manage that? Like, how do you did, did you have enough business to where you pretty much knew? Okay, I'm going to open this physical store and we're going to be okay. Or was it just, hey, I think we're going to be all right and let's just try it and see what happens? Well, you're always going to think that. <laughs> you're always going to wish for the best. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, uh, uh, Dave and myself both come out of GM uh, dealerships, mm. so. Mine, I was fleet service manager, so I had a lot of business that people trusted me. And I brought that with me. He had the ability to build a transmission and build a good one, very meticulous on and clean on how we'd done it. Mm -hmm. uh, in years, he taught me a lot, and I helped him as much as I could sure. and run the business. Uh, so we each had a job to do. Um, yes, uh, rent. You know, we rented the, the little gas station. I don't remember now what it was. It was probably like 1500 a month for the building in those days. Sure. Um, you know, first and last month, I didn't get into, I stay away from those triple net leases. Mm -hmm. uh, it's all for the guy that's renting it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's hard to stay away. You know, we all have that problem as areas grow. It's hard to find buildings and places. Yes, sir. Um, you always want to stay in a storage unit where it's cheap, but <laughs> if you're going to grow, you got to grow. Yeah. Um, and it's how you portray yourself and how you look, and that's how your customers trust you. Fortunately, it was a good product, and it sold itself. Uh, word of mouth, I run one ad in uh, 12, 14 years, and I let the really? ad run one week, and I canceled it because it was just people looking for something for nothing, and I didn't sell my product for nothing. Sure. You gotta believe in yourself and believe in what you do. Right. And we, uh, you know, I guaranteed it, independent, no, I didn't give the lifetime warranties and all that that's offered by a lot of the transmission shops. Mm -hmm. You got to remember, you're paying for that. It ain't free. Right. Uh, I done a job, a fair, a good job at a fair price, and I gave you a year warranty with it. Right. And I don't know how many transmissions I fixed for a hundred bucks, and they got two or three more years. And doing that, I always got. I don't know how many customers from them. Mm -hmm. Word mm -hmm. of mouth is great. Sure. I still is what we do in the auction business. Yes, in the early years, we ran antique publications and um, several of them. Uh, we were on the front page of one of the major antique newspapers for years. Oh, really? Uh, since I've changed, uh, antiques is not as prevalent and everybody wanting them like they used to. Collectibles are still holding their own due to the internet. It's small most time. 
easy to buy, easy to ship, and easy to make money with. Mm -hmm. Furniture, big items, harder to deal with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> kind of lost my train of thought there on that, but it's okay. just... Um, so that's interesting then. So, so back when you were doing the transmission business, you ran one ad for a week and then and that was all it, all you needed. The rest was wholesale. I've done a wholesale business to other shops. That sure. was my bread and butter. Okay. Retail was your gravy. Yeah. It was on top. Huh. And, and you could be selective. I didn't do everybody's transmission. You'd come in and act like you knew more than me. And, you know, <laughs> and going to tell me how I was going to do my business. I didn't need to do your transmission. Sure, sure. So, you know, that's just things that uh, you, you earn that right to say that. Right. You know. Absolutely. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So did you have any, and I'm sure you did, um, just talk about some of the, the struggles and some of the setbacks you had in the, in the early stages. Well, your biggest struggle is you're nobody. You're a guy that's starting out, no money in your pocket. You're working from week to week, day to day. Uh, you're trying to make a living for your family, keep your home going, keep your vehicles going and all that. It's the same struggle we all deal with. Mm -hmm. um, you got to... And if you go to the bank and you say, well, I do this, I can do this, I got this, I, they don't care. It's all about paper, making it look good so their boss can give you the loan. <laughs> and it's a big game they play with us all. I've yeah. done it two or three times. In order for me to build my building on East Broadway, I had some stock put away and I had to use that stock after putting a huge down payment down that I saved up to do, mm -hmm. or Dave and myself did. And uh, they still, well, they need more, need more because you're the little guy. You didn't have a pocket full of money. So you got those trials and tribulations. Keep mm -hmm. it small, keep it sensible, right. and save your dollars. Sure, sure. You know, just because you're uh, self-employed and you got a little bit coming in, don't mean you were rich. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're still struggling. Yeah, absolutely. So keep that in mind. Uh, very important. So it's interesting. So... Did you have, and it sounds like you did, uh, uh, Dave possibly, did you have someone who was there for you in the early stages to sort of help guide you and mentor you well, a little bit and give you some of that advice, or did you learn it the Dave, hard way? Well, I learned a lot on, you know, a hard knocks. I was always, and let me tell you, hard knocks you don't forget. Um, where I learned a lot, I learned the business-wise, the accounting part, which it kills all of us. Yeah. Anybody starting off, you lose your butt in not knowing what to do, how to do it, when to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, my Dave, my partner in that, is now ex-wife, or you know, uh, she taught me the accounting side because she was a CPA. Mm. She taught me how to keep the books and keep up with things. And then you go from there, you get you a good CPA. And I still use a CPA I started with then. Now, he's a good personal friend. Really? After all these years. And that was uh, 1985 that we started with him. Okay. I had one ahead of that for three years in the middle of tax system season. He decided he didn't want to do taxes no more. So I, that's how I wound up with Robert, Robert Morris out of Brandon. Okay. Very good guy, and I've known him for years, and I trust him explicit. Mm. Uh, he does me a fine job. We don't have to hide nothing. Everything's above board, and you do it that way. Mm -hmm. And you mm -hmm. keep yourself honest, and you'll find that you'll always get there quick. Sure, sure. Uh, just, okay. Just a little helpful to him. 
So, so the so Dave did did he provide in the early stages of the auction business? Did he? No, no, no. Okay. Directly, uh, directly transmission. The transmission. So who was it then? Yeah, Robert Elding. Bob Robert. Okay, yeah. that was back in the early stages of that the auction was the business. Early years of the auction business. Now he taught me. One, the, the auction business layout, things of that nature, what to do, when to do, how to do. Mm -hmm. And then I went to school. I went to uh, High Point, North Carolina, Mendenhall, uh, one of the top schools in the country that I feel. And I had a lot of knowledge. I'd already worked a couple years before I went up there. And I got to schooling, then got my license and became an auctioneer. Gotcha. And I always laugh um, when I started, you know, in those days we had 75% uh, dealers. Mm. They were buying from us and a little bit of retail, but it was mainly the dealer trade. That's what we worked on. Gotcha. Uh, and you, you got to think how many auto transmission, uh, antique shops there were in those days, antique malls, uh, guys doing the flea markets with antiques, it was everywhere. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, 80s, late 80s, into the 90s, 90s, great years. Um, I had one customer from St. Pete, and uh, I can't tell you his name right now. Uh, I still remember his face, and he'd come up to me, shook my hand the first time I auctioned. He said, Darrell, that was the best worst I ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you always remember things like that, and all I done was thank him, tell him I appreciate it. Yeah. But, you know, I consider myself pretty good at what I do. Sure. Um, and I enjoy what I do. That's the big difference. Gotcha. So so you went to the High Point North NC Mendenhall. Is that a, a place to go to get trained? Um, a good place you know you got Missouri School of Auctioneering is another good one there's two or three but uh, Mendenhall Bob had went to Mendenhall several other auctioneers I know went there and it just uh, again they were old school and they taught you the basics gotcha you know, what you needed to know okay uh, you know business wise they, they don't teach you so much business they teach you how to handle things Mm. Business, you gotta put your head into it, and you gotta know when and what and how and all mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, things have changed. Everybody's gotten so picky about stuff. Uh, the internet now, everybody knows more than you do. After twenty some <laughs> years in the business, yeah. I've seen it on the internet. It's telling me, well, that's not always true. Right. Just use that for a guideline. Sure. You know? Sure. Uh, there's a lot of good things about the internet. Uh, information for one. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, back in the early years, I had a whole library of books. I looked everything up that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. Now you touch of a phone, you've got it. Yeah, yeah. It gives you that, but again, it's a guideline. Sure, yeah. sure. So, real quick, to touch back on advertising a little bit with the auction house. So you said in the beginning you did do some advertising in antique magazines, right. and you were on the cover, and you did that for, sure. for a little while. Yeah. Did you, I guess, did, did things just get to a point where you had enough word of mouth built up that you just didn't need to do them anymore? Or? Well, things have changed. Again, the internet's come in and taken the place of a lot of advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, Twenty some odd years of being in business, you got a good word of mouth. Yeah, you know? sure. And the other thing, I try to treat people like I like to be treated, and Bob done the same. And it's it pays back, you know. And I have to say, it's not all me, not all Bob. You know, we've got a crew that's been with me. Uh, the least is three or four years up to. 
27 years. So really? Wow. My crew, uh, I can walk away, Bob can walk away, they can still run the place without me. Uh, I have two other auctioneers now because uh, unfortunately I had a little bout with throat problems this past year. Mm. So I've hired them on, uh, Robbie, uh, which is uh, Bob's son. Mm. He's there, been there for a lot of years now. Jerry Byfield, Bill, uh, they've been in the auction business, all of them are seasoned auctioneers. So mm -hmm. They know what they're doing. Sure. Uh, but my crew, uh, my right hand is uh, Frank and Pam. Mm -hmm. they, they pretty much, uh, Frank's floor manager, Pam's office manager, mm -hmm. and they handle things. Sure. You know, and uh, I think they do a good job. I agree, uh, I agree. Where So where did the name Action Auctioneers come from? Where did that... You know, the that back in the uh, mid-90s, though, we just, uh, we're always a quick pace auction. I'm trying to sell two to three items a minute. So that's where the action come in, and then auctioneers. It was just simple to put them together. sounded good. Yeah. Let's go with it. What about the logo? Where'd you get the logo? Did uh, We had a lady when the uh, stitching embroidery first come out. Yeah. And she done us a fancy one, and, and we kind of, she made it up. Lenny, and I couldn't tell you her name now. I've got it at the office. Uh, but that's how it come about, and God knows it was expensive in them years because <laughs> we didn't have 20 stitches, we had the hundreds of stitches in yeah, there. Yeah. So we paid the price to have it, but it stuck with us. And, okay. You know, um, yeah, I give away a hat every now and then, and don't they do it as much as we used to, they, they got expensive. Sure, you know, sure. Because I am cheap to a point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah. So well, let's talk about funding for a second. Funding is tricky. Um, it, when you guys were first getting started, were you self-funded? Did you go to banks? Did you go to family and friends? How did you guys do In the do auction it? business, no. You know, fortunately, I had a little bit of cash on me. And, mm. You know, and I t I've learned uh, just because you have some cash, you still got to turn your money weekly, daily mm -hmm. if you can. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's why I say, you know, antique shop, you buy your merchandise, you set on it to you sell it. Same thing on the internet, you buy your merchandise, you put it online, and then you're wanting to you get a hundred and you want two, well, you may be sitting there a long time. Yeah. I'm in the auction business. I, I buy it for a hundred, I put it through, close my eyes. It goes for a hundred and a half, I made money. goes for fifty, I ain't buying no more anymore. <laughs> and, and that's how, that's the rule of thumb, and I turn my money every day. Yeah. Did I put a lot of money into, I bought in with uh, Bob, uh, Equipment wise, that's how we started the business. We're equal partners in it. Mm. Um, you know, one thing you can't ever be don't be greedy. If you're greedy with a partner, or greedy with yourself, or greedy with the public, um, you're not going to get anywhere. Sure, sure. You know, just it's a dollar, you make a dollar, you turn it, you go on. Each day is an adventure. I agree, yeah. Mm -hmm. So you guys have the physical location out there in Zephyr Hills, but I think mm -hmm. I, I remember you telling me that that wasn't where you initially started. You guys had yeah, a place in Tampa. Yep, we were in Tampa just off of Highway 60 and 78th Street, the dead end just north of Highway 60. Okay. And all the early guys remember the railroad. Uh, the, the railroad yard was right there, blocked us in pretty regular. Okay. Uh, you get in there, we'd have an auction, and... Uh, 
and you couldn't get out. would have to wait <laughs> sometimes two hours or more for the train to move because yeah. they were loading their yard. <laughs> so okay. and we had a bridge they walked under next to the Six Mile Creek there, or the, the canal that's there. And everybody'd walk under there and park on the other side so they didn't get caught. Yeah. Uh, so it was always a laugh. It was a challenge. Uh, early years, that was fun. Now, is this where, uh, so I, I had somebody tell me a couple couple stories. And um, they said that somebody somewhere was bringing in a trailer and it had some wide fenders and it clipped you in the leg and you did a 360 degree. That, well, that was was at, that in uh, Tampa? No, that was in Zephyr. That was in Zephyr. <laughs> I still pay for that one. That one, I, the bones hurt, the back hurt. So, yeah. <clears throat> but I got over it. And there was another one Frank told me where, uh, and this one probably wasn't well wasn't not funny anyway right. but he said there was a three-ton air conditioner and that yeah. you had to have a helicopter there was, ride there was an to office hospital. trailer in the front that the landlord had and they were out mowing with a tractor and they bumped the trailer and mm -hmm. they the, the air conditioner moved so they asked me to come out and look at it and see what to do well, I come out and looked and I said, well, we need to get away. It's going to fall. I turned and it fell. <laughs> On you. Yeah, yeah, they hit me in the back. And oh, man. I got a free trip. Well, it wasn't free. Yeah. I got a ride, a helicopter ride I've always wanted. Just yeah. Just didn't remember where I went. <laughs> yeah. All I know, they took me to the wrong hospital. Oh, my God. They took me to St. Joseph and I was supposed to go to Tampa General. Oh, man. So. Wow. So you started out in Tampa, and then you went out to Zephyr Hills and just never went back to Tampa. No, Zephyr Hills, uh, there was another auction company in there, uh, Bud Bartlett, which was in the antique business for years. Um, and he'd done estates down from Massachusetts, that area. Big stuff, he was known for it. Mm. But he decided to get out, so we just walked in and took uh, his lease over, his rent over. Mm. And, uh, but with the intentions, only going to be there a couple of years. Mm -hmm. And then we were going to go back to Tampa. Well, unfortunately, at that time, finding a warehouse in Tampa was tough. Mm. And it's the same thing uh, you run into mm -hmm. and others, you know. Mm -hmm the prices kept going up on mm -hmm. and then you get into the triple net and all that yeah. on the leases well you're in the auction I'm, and i'll be honest i'm in the junk business yeah you know you're only going to make so much money sure um and that leads to other things but um uh you know you got to be sensible about what you do mm -hmm. the rent was good mm -hmm. after two years we got to be well known we realized put us in the center of tampa lakeland each coast it was easier to get to traffic wise sure so we were better off to stay so 20 years later we're still there been there for 20 years wow okay yeah. uh, wow. well we moved in in 19 the latter part of 1999 and we went through the trade towers and all that business was terrible we mm -hmm. survived it though sure sure uh, the pandemic was a pain yeah we were closed up for a while sure but, uh, you know, there was little tricks to that, too, to stay afloat. Mm -hmm. And when we went back to selling, I had the merchandise to sell. Right. That's one thing <clears throat> I'm always going to do, have the merchandise. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something to always keep in mind, I'm still a wholesale auction. I'm not a retail outlet. Yeah. Uh, a lot of prices sometimes may go retail, but that's who uh, Fred and George wants it, and they're going to beat each other up to get it. Yeah. Um, but I'm a wholesale it always have been, and that's not going to ever change. So uh, you've touched a little bit on how you have amazing people who work 
with you and around you and they have uh, amazing knowledge that helps. And I think that that is crucial. I'm, I'm getting to a point where I need to begin hiring people to help me. And it took me a while to get to a place to where I can admit that, to where I can say that I need help. I need someone who can come in here and help. I can't do this all by myself. And honestly, I think that's a huge step in 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 someone's progression to be a being a business owner you you have to move from working in the business doing the day-to-day work to where you're working on the business you're now you still work the day-to-day but you you're you're more managing you're more making sure that that day-to-day stuff gets done that you have inventory coming in that you have someone to put it out there on the shelves and you have pam in the office to process the payments and and all of that so when when did that aha moment happen for you? When did you real? And this could have been back in the transmission bit. We could be talking thirty uh, years ago. It, it was uh, transmission business, and again, I had good employees there. And we went through a stage in the transmission business. I had two R and R men. I had a girl delivering transmissions, and the girl worked in the office with me. Uh, I done the overseeing and, and making sure the paperwork was done, helping my partner out in the build room. I had an extra builder. Mm-hmm. But then I realized as the transmission ch- business changed, I got rid of the extra builder. I got rid of the two R&R guys. Me and my partner would slip in a transmission every now and then. We narrowed down, but we went to selling more parts than I did transmissions because I make more off of broke down transmission and selling for parts than I did I rebuilt sometimes mm-hmm. because of the magnitude of overdrive and electronics and all what had happened to transmissions. Mm-hmm. Uh, over the years, so I could sell a pump for eight hundred dollars. It cost me hundred bucks. Where if I built the transmission, I could sell it for fifteen hundred to two thousand. But I had to guarantee it. I had to put it in. I had to rebuild it. Sure. Had all that time and energy into it. Sure. So that's when you learn those things. Um, Frank, Frank, come out of the insurance business. He owned his own insurance company. Really. And he got tired of it. And he wound up. He loved like me. He loved to buy stuff yeah and, and he developed his knowledge in glassware he's very efficient on glassware huh. if i'm not sure about something i say frank what do you think this is and, and again i'm not going to stand there and tell you i know everything uh pam pam has been with me she come out of the banking business she worked and then as the banks huh. uh changed around the late part of the 80s and all that's when she started uh to work as my clerk she was one of my first clerks. Really? And she has been my personal clerk for years. Huh. Uh, anytime I'm auctioning, I want Pam beside me because she, me and her click. She knows everything I'm doing before I do it. Awesome. And that takes years of a development. Sure. And uh, 10 years ago, our other office manager, uh, Linda, Linda Hamm, been with, me for, been with Bob since he was in agri-supply in the feed business. Wow. You know, these people just didn't meet us. They've known us for a long time. Frank worked in another auction, and he brought to our auction before we even hired him. But he, he hired in Tampa, and he's been with us all these years. Wow. Uh, him and Pam both, you know, they're 26, 25, 28 years right in that area. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, my least is uh, about three years. One of my girls that um, works the floor. Um She's learning how to be a, a processor. Um, Allie, Allie's been with me for 
12 years now. She uh, had not a clue. It's taken me all these years. She can pack and run rings around any two men anytime. Sure. Uh, Wayne, he was in the air conditioning business. He's been with me for three years now. Mm. Um, who else we got there? Um, Byron. Byron come. He was a fireman at one time. He worked at another auction down the street, which closed up. And he's worked for me ever since. So he's probably got five, six, seven years in. So nobody's been there a few months that I can't trust. Yeah. The ones I can't trust are long gone. Yes, sir. I, uh, once I see I can't, they're not, they're not around me. Right. Uh, that's how I know if, uh, if I tell you something was taking place, I know it took place. Sure. Yes, sir. Uh, I don't change uh, my pattern. You notice everything I do is a pattern when you come in. Yeah. The pattern's there because that's the way it's going to go. If I say my your check was mailed at 11, it was mailed at 11. Yes, sir. If you pick it up at 9, you better get it because it's gone at 11. Yeah, it's happened to me once. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to change. You ask me to hold your check, would you bring my check? No, sir, I will not. Right. Because if I have to remember that, then I'm going to forget to do something else. And right. It just ain't happening. Right. Uh, and a holding check. Well, just hold it for me. You know how many times I've held a check and it's laid there for two or three weeks? Why didn't you mail it to me? Yeah. Because me. I broke my routine. I'm right. I'm break my routine. Right. Because I know this frontwards and backwards. Uh, you ask me what something's worth, I can give you within dollars of what it's worth. And I'm not playing with you. Sure. I know it. I can tell you what a load's worth pretty much to the penny. I'm within, if it's a big load, within a hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars. Sure. And, and it's just years of doing it. Absolutely. And you tell me this is worth $500. That's all I want. Well, don't bring it to me. <laughs> don't ask me to sell it because it ain't worth It's worth 150 bucks. Right. And I'm going to tell you that. Sure. Sure. That's how I survived. Bob's the same way. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot from him. Fortunately, what was the fun part of me and Bob getting together early in this business was getting to go out to New York, up in New York State. Uh, we had one fellow that worked for us, lived up there. He worked with us during the winter months when he was down, Richard Brewer. Adopted chief for the Oneida Nation. Um, great guy. What a, what a world of knowledge. Just overwhelming. Uh, Frank will tell you. Uh, I knew it. Um, go up there. We got to, we'd take two trailers with us, two trucks. And we'd buy it for a solid week and a half from auctions and yard sales and uh, 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 Madison Montville. A whole town sets up hundreds of dealers and get to go through there. And I'd buy and I'd park my trailers in the girl's yard, pay her to leave it there. She'd watch me. We'd pile her stuff all day. Then I'd pack it in the evenings till we filled both them trailers. Nothing but fun. But then yeah, on the yeah. day I could buy a hundred dollar antique and turn it into two, three hundred dollars paid for my trip. Sure. Now I buy that hundred dollar antique, I better 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 have gas money with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just uh, people just aren't putting those cabinets in well, their houses. It's not anymore. important to them. Uh, our generation is changing the new generation, and I don't blame them. Sure. Uh, you know, I'm not going to stand here and say they're wrong and we're right. Uh, we're not. Uh, we've done it for years. You pile it up and you hang it everywhere and then you got to dust it. Well, there's another job. <laughs> and and the, the guys coming along now, they got a few things on a glass shelf like that, look good, blow it off a little bit and keep going. Yeah. And you ain't got all your money tied up. You're right. doing other things. Right. Um, so there's a good and bad with everything.
Mm-hmm. So what what do you what do you foresee then as the future of the auction business? So things have changed uh, a lot. It obviously, has changed. Uh, I still, um, you know, I, the the, on, the online is great. It's simple. You can set it home. You can enjoy yourself. Bid on what you want. I still love a live auction, and and it's going to be hard for me to change that. Uh, my auctioneers love a live auction. I know it's. You go and you got all these people you got to stand around and all this and you got to wait and all that. But you know, that's the fun part. Yeah. You stand there and watch people. Enjoy yourself. You go to the beach to watch people. Stand in the ocean to watch people. Right. Always got a food truck out back. Um, sometimes it might be a greasy spoon, but it ain't bad. It's mm-hmm. fun. Eat a hot dog, eat a sausage, and sit there and watch folks. Yeah. You know, and buy something you want. Sure. Uh, during the winter months. Look how many northerners are down and where do they come for their entertainments? Come to the auction. Yep. You know, it helps everybody out, keeps the economy flowing. Yeah. We're getting away from a lot of that. We're sitting home and mm-hmm. then, you know what good's that doing you yeah yeah sure you're losing your social contact you're losing your yeah ability to walk around you yeah know, you're riding a chair instead of walking yep so yeah so that's how i look at all that sure so, so i'll hang in as long as i can so do you do you do you think these online auctions are going to stick around for a while is that part well, of what you be would, around. they're not going to go away the, the electronics of the future is a lot of this yeah um there's, there's room for both uh you how much do you want to buy what do you want to buy if you want to buy something across the united states or across the world yeah that's the way to go right and you're going to pay to get it you're going to pay to ship it you're going to pay the percentage yeah me yeah i still charge a buyer premium when you come in but hey helps pay the bills sure of course believe me again if i sold out for a hundred dollars and i had 110 well, somebody's got to pay the rent. Right. You know, yeah. And that's, you know, it's just reality. Sure. That's what it is. So what do you, how do you deal with stress? The, 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 the stress of running a business, I, the, uh, dealing with the thoughts of the, the self doubt and the disbelief and just maybe I, I know I'm not unique in, in having those. So how do you deal with, I mean, do you have any routines? Do you, do you sure. exercise? Like what do you, how do you deal with those uh, thoughts? You of, go out back, close the door and scream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah there's, there's no sure way to do it. Uh, mine is I enjoy talking to people. I let that take the stress off of me a lot. Uh, yeah, I got one that's always going to be a, a obstinate, want to argue with you and all that. Uh, I argue back, and I, you know, again, I pay the rent on the building. <laughs> so keep that in mind when you come and see me. I don't have, there's three, four big bay doors there. Use them, leave. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's all I can say. I don't have to cater to, to somebody that don't want to be there. Yeah. I got too many people that want to be there. Sure. So I'm happy with those people. Sure. Stress-wise, yes, I get stressed. Pam tells me all the time, you need to chill out. Uh, and I do. Uh, I. It's just part of being in business. you got to be able to control it mentally. Um, and, and every business owner knows this. No matter if you build a house, you work on a car, you... You mow lawns. Uh, the mower don't mow that day. The, the blades are dull. The batteries are dead. The tires are flat. I go through yeah. this. I'm doing a load the other day. I notice I'm following the guys back in. I see smoke coming out of the wheel. Here I got a, a tremendous load on a trail. The guy called him to pull over. And I have to drop a wheel off. I got a bearing burning out. Well, I fixed it the other night. I pulled it down with my son. 
and fix it myself. I get in at midnight after doing it, uh, 11 o'clock. I'm wore out from a day's work, but you know, you can't always take it in and get it fixed. That's the sacrifices. But I know it's done and done right because I sit there and oversee and I help my boy, he helped me. Mm-hmm. I've done that for a living before, so I know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, you got to be able to work in those. It's just part of the game. Yeah. Ask the military man how he, uh, uh, the stress of somebody shooting at you, mm-hmm. a, a police officer, somebody shooting at you. That's a lot of stress involved in all this. Absolutely. And people need to stop and think about these things, you know. It, yes. it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. There's stress on the road. Look how people drive these days. Sure. You know, little sure. things. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 you got to learn to handle stuff. You can't just fly off the handle. And, and Grant, I do it every now and then. I, I say my piece. And I try to do it in a respectful manner to all my customers. I don't care who they are. Sure. But it's the same. My house, my rules. Let's, yeah. let's go with it that way. Sure, sure. Yeah. So that's how you handle stress. Understood. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. All right, Daryl, well, we'll start winding down. I have some sort of Conglomeration. fun questions here for you. So uh, what, when, when, this is a, a word I like a lot, and it, the word success it has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people. Sure. So when you think of the word success, what what do you think of? It's success for me, yeah, everybody wants to make a dollar, but that's what the name of the game is. Uh, can I sit here and tell you I've, I've made a millions of dollars out of this, I've made good money, made a living, okay? Made good money in the transmission, made a living. Uh, I'm comfortable, but I always put money as secondary. Um, knowing you, knowing all the other guys coming out, you knowing my employees, uh, things like that are more important. Again, all falls back to: Do I enjoy walking my dogs in the morning? They both love me to death. Yeah, you know, and that's that's worth more than uh, money in the bank. Sure. Uh, you know, sure. I can eat a can of beans, but I can't go without my dogs. Yes, sir. Uh, so, and, and my wife, she even said, "Well, you like the dogs better than me." Well, of course I do. You know, they don't talk back. Much, but yeah. I'm always kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We laugh about it all the time because she feels the same way about them. But um, success is what you 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 accomplish. Let's face it: if we don't have something we accomplish, we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. You know. I work the jobs, I work the dealerships, I work my way up, and it was what a relief when I took those tires off for the last time. I watered them all up, stuffed them in a bag, and threw them in a dumpster. I said, I'll never wear another tie. Yeah. And I haven't since then. Sure. Uh, that was my greatest moment, I think. Uh, I appreciate uh, the people that taught me in the dealerships, uh, shared their information, that got me to the I thought was a good fleet service manager. I'd done a good job. I got to know a tremendous amount of business owners around Abraham Chevrolet and that whole area. I took care of their fleets for them, their trucks. Uh, one that sticks out to me is Lala Produce, John Lala. Uh, I know he's passed away now. His son's still there. He was always a very respectful man. Uh, he always thanked me every time I'd uh, drop a truck off to him or something. Mm. Always made a point, come out and shake my hand. That was important. Uh, J.V. Campisi Cam over at the produce market. He another good guy. He was always a good guy to me. Uh, people like that stick in your mind over the years. Sure. Um, so that, if I was that to, means a lot to me. If I was to ask you, when you think of the word successful, mm-hmm. who comes to mind? Oh, successful. 
I guess I have to say my wife to a point put up for me. <laughs> I love it, okay. You know, and uh, probably second Pam, she's handled a lot of my abuse too, because, you know, it's not abuse, don't take it wrong. Yeah, no, she, I get She's been great in the office, she helps me out a lot. And if it wasn't for her and Frank both, Frank's another one, mm -hmm. I wouldn't be here doing this. Uh, I wouldn't even think to do it without them. Sure. You know, that's how I feel. Sure. So, that's successful. Yes, sir. You know, it's not a dollar. It's sure. again, it's, thank you. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Who do you look to for inspiration? Oh, that's a hard one to say. Uh, Bob, you know, always, you know, Bob has taught me a lot. Uh, not, maybe not so much an inspiration because, you know, it was funny. We have a 10-year age different, 12-year age different. We were raised in the same area off of Del Mabry. All those years never knew each other. And it's funny how we met. Uh, but I've learned a lot from him, you know, and, and, and I've added to what I've known, what I've learned in my other business and, and with him and we done, he done the same thing. He was in the uh, feed business. So, mm. you know, I didn't know him then, but, um, you know, it wasn't, I'm sure not an easy business. Look how many feed stores there is around. Everybody's <laughs> yeah. battling, right. you know, uh, my feed's cheaper than your feed, you know, and I'm selling more of that. Sure. You're dealing with the same kind of obstacles, but. I'd have to sit and think. Um, okay. You know, uh, and it'd probably be old fashioned to say Clint Eastwood, John Wayne, and. Uh, That's fine. Uh, Patton, you know, yeah. I always uh, they find those interesting guys for what they accomplished in their lives. And, sure. Uh, I've listened uh, history. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing you can't take away, I get to read and look at a lot of things people never get to see, yes, and sir. I don't have to own any of it. I just read it and sell it. Sure, sure. You know, so that you'll find me walking through the auction. I do it all the time. Mm -hmm. I catch old letters. I have seen old love letters back from the military days and all. It just tear your heart apart. But it's history. Yeah. It's very unfortunate, but we can't do away with that part of it. It's there. Sure. Yes, yeah. sir. So. So what's what's some of the best pieces of advice that you've you've ever received? Work hard. Work hard. That's your best thing. Work hard, guys. You ain't nobody gonna hand it to you. If they do, somebody's gonna take it away from you. And once you worked hard, you built yourself up, you know what you're doing, that's your gift. Nobody can take that. Love it. All right, Daryl. Well, are there any are there any questions? Are there any topics that we didn't bring up? Anything about the auction business you want to talk about? Anything uh, we, about we you personally? I, I always tell everybody, um, you know, I'm always willing to sign anything. Come see me. Come visit the auction. Don't be a stranger to it. Come see what the other half of the world's doing yeah. while you're sitting at home. Yes, sir. You know, come out. Uh, go to other guys' auctions. Always introduce yourself to the auctioneer. I respect to somebody come up. I'm Daryl from New York. Uh, you don't know how many people I know up the coast. I was up there at a, a ski slope one day with my niece uh, skiing. Old guy with a beard come up to me and he skiing a little bit. And then he said, you don't remember me, do you? I said, well, no, I don't. He <laughs> says, well, you're Daryl. And I said, well, yeah, I am. So we met down in Fort Lauderdale at a business meeting one time. And yeah. You remember that it just stunned me. I didn't yeah. know what to say. Yeah. That's kind of stuff that's good to you. Makes awesome. you feel good. Somebody's glad to say hi. Yes, sir, you. absolutely. You know. Well, Daryl, sir, thank you very much for joining me here today. Everybody at home, thank you for listening in. If you've enjoyed the show and would like to hear more, then I would ask that you like, comment, and subscribe. We will be bringing you much more content just like this one. 
I'm Eric Baker. This has been another episode of The Art of Business. Bye for now. Thank you.